America trapped behind enemy lines. Day number 46. 46. All right, day 46. Yep, Americans trapped behind enemy lines, and that means they are now subject to the terrorists, the Taliban. That's Americans. That's uh, their families. That's green card holders, thousands of them. And that also would include our Afghan allies. And, and what's Joe doing? Nothing. What are these generals doing? Nothing. They're spinning. They're lying like a top. And we're getting a lot of admissions here. The bottom line is this. Now that General Milley admits that, well, you'll still hear the chatter if we attack you. I mean, and, and I'll, I'll heck, I'll tell you myself. Let's listen. You're quoted in the Woodward book is telling the, ch- the top Chinese communist military commander, quote, if we're going to attack, I'm going to call you ahead of time. Is that true, General Milley? Well, let me tell you what I actually said. Uh, well, that's we, not true. I hope that's Let me not. tell you what I actually said, Senator. Uh, what I said, if there's going to be a war, uh, if there's going to be an attack, there's going to be a lot of calls and tension Ahead of time. But what you you're going to get caught. Your, your get testimony was that you were Senator, certain all... President Trump would not attack. That's your testimony this morning. That is true. That okay, is absolutely why true. Would you... And I was, I was communicating to my Chinese counterpart on instructions, by the way, to de-escalate the situation. And I told him if there was going to be an attack, there'll be plenty of communications going back and forth. Your intel system's going to pick it up. I said, I'll probably call you. Everybody will be calling you. I'll probably call you and tell you there's going to be an attack. That is a fireable offense. And since when is did it become okay for generals that are supposed to be the, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs that's talking to Trump-hating authors uh, as he did with Woodward and Bender and I, I, all these other authors, which he admitted to yesterday. Now, th- there's so much to unpack here. Giving interviews he should not ever give. That's not his job. Now, I want to be clear about something else because this is very important as well. Because he's claiming that he was told to do this. Well, we've actually gone and we've done our research and our investigation And in fact, we now know that is absolutely not true because the acting defense secretary, Miller, said he did not authorize Milley to make China calls. And by the way, the chain of command goes like this. The president is the commander in chief under our Constitution. He makes all the decisions. That is that is how our military works. Okay, the next in command would be the secretary of defense. He would be in charge of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. And then we have former acting Secretary of Defense Christopher Miller at the time. He led the Pentagon from the period of the after the 2020 election through Inauguration Day. And he was very clear, quote, that he did not and would not ever authorize the Joint Chiefs of Staff to have secret calls with his Chinese counterpart, describing the allegations as disgraceful and unprecedented and an unprecedented act of insubordination, calling on him to resign immediately. He gave this statement to FoxNews.com. The United States Armed Forces, from its inception, has operated under the 
uh, principle of civilian control of the military. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is the highest-ranking military officer whose role is providing military-specific advice to the president and by law is prohibited from exercising authority to command forces. Miller said the chain of command runs from the president to the secretary of defense, not through the chairman. And that was a reference to the other allegation in the book, allegation one, that he would give a heads up to his Chinese counterpart. And secondly, the allegation that he had some type of loyalty oath uh, with fellow high-ranking military officers that I'm going to insert myself in the chain of command if there's going to be a the use of a nuclear weapon. And whatever happened with the Pelosi phone call, I don't know. Well, he says, well, I'm not in a position to assess whether somebody's mentally competent or not, but that doesn't really get to the bottom of what really happened. And these other generals that apparently one by one had to agree that every decision would go through him if, in fact, there was going to be if the president was going to use his lone constitutional authority, I mean, it's this is simple. This is not that difficult. You know, and then he says, his argument is, well, I talk to the media multiple times a week. Why do you talk to Trump hating media? That 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 would be the control of your secretary of defense and your commander in chief. You know that this withdrawal has been an unmitigated disaster. And, you know, when we get to the heart of it, you know, it took Josh Hawley a lot yesterday to get out of them that they stranded and abandoned Americans behind enemy lines. This is not something that they completely want to acknowledge even. At one point, I believe it was Secretary of Defense Austin admitting, well, there could be 4,000 people there. I don't think it's 4,000, but there could be 4,000 Americans there. You know, the fact that we don't have a, a, a sure answer is frightening. You know, they're saying, well, we got 200 people out last week. Okay, but last week you told us there was less than 100 people there. They can't even get their lies straight. They don't even have an accurate accounting of everybody. You know, I'm being told that there's anywhere between three, 500 Americans still caught behind enemy lines. Nobody can answer why the Secretary of State Blinken, the moron that he is, and he's a moron, he's an idiot. You know, why the fact that he's sending out memos if you are on a chartered flight, you are not allowed to land in the United States. You mean if Americans that have been, that you abandon behind enemy lines, if there are groups that are paying for the flights and Americans on the ground helping them evacuate and risking their lives in enemy territory and they get on an airplane, they can't land in America and they, you're not going to allow it? And then you even say, well, if you need your proper credentials, we advise you to go to another country to get them because the Kabul State Department office is closed. Well, that's the point, you moron. You can't get to another country because you can't get the hell out of there because you abandoned them. And then it gets worse. These same people are saying, well, if you get the permission of a third party country to accept your charter flight, and need our specific permission, it will not be forthcoming. Why not? Why? Because they want to be embarrassed. They don't want to be embarrassed, rather, that, and humiliated that they abandon Americans and their egos can't handle the fact that there are other people that have stepped up to fill the void that they themselves, you know, because of the crisis of their own making? You've got to be kidding me. The same idiots that were sending out memos, uh, you might want to start making your way to the Kar Karzai International Airport, but we can't guarantee your safety. 
The U.S. government cannot guarantee your safety. And then when you get there, you know, we have people telling stories about guns being pointed at their head. Then they had to get through all the Taliban checkpoints because when we could have gotten people out safely in March, April, May, June and July, and we have, you know, we, we know that the Taliban was on the march. I, you know, we've created this map. I've shown it. I might just slow down the map tonight. And the, the, why did the CIA leave seven weeks early? They left because they were warning the administration. There is a disaster in the making here. We're pulling our people the hell out of here. How do you know that, Hannity? I've got sources. That's how I know. I do my job. And, and, and by the way, it's not like they were hiding the information. They did not fail. They did their job. And they were saying it every single day. People on the Intelligence Committee, they were reading the briefings every day about the deterioration of the situation in Afghanistan, in part because Joe Biden allowed the Taliban to march from the southern province where they were under Donald Trump, where not a single American died in 18 months, the last year of Trump's presidency. Not one American died. And the plan was to keep Bagram Air Base. The plan was to obliterate the Taliban if they dared move an inch outside of the territory assigned to them. And the plan was conditions based on the ground removal. Now, they finally asked the military on August the 25th, uh, well, what do you think we should do with the deadline? Should we change the deadline? The deadline's, what, seven days away. Are you kidding me? The Kabul fell August 15th. It's a little late at that point. And why they didn't act in April, May, June, and July when they had full control of Kabul and evacuate Americans, that's anybody's guess. I, I can't give you a, a an answer. But everybody involved in this debacle, this utter failure, this abandonment of Americans needs to be fired. And that means Joe Biden. Let me tell you something. And this is this is what probably a lot of you don't want to hear. Meeting people on the left. This is the direct consequence of having a weak, frail, cognitive mess that has bought into radical socialist socialism as your president. It is a direct result of it. You know, when I wrote the book, Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. If you look at the borders, a predictable, preventable disaster. When you look at begging OPEC to produce more oil and abandoning energy independence, a predictable disaster. The cost of a barrel of oil hasn't been this high in years and years. That means everything you pay for is costing more. The cost of natural gas is at an all-time high. And this is what a failing presidency looks like. Voters now get it. I mean, it gives me no satisfaction to say, I told you so, tried to warn you. You know, our enemies are emboldened. Our allies are aghast and fearful of what a weak. Remember, live free or die. America and the world on the brink because the world can't survive a weak president. Now, all the great, you know, feigned outrage over Donald Trump's mean tweets. Donald Trump gave us energy independence, gave us lower taxes, 
Record low job creation for every demographic in the country. He gave us the judges he promised he would give us, the 500 miles of wall he promised he'd build, the stay in Mexico policy, ending catch and release. He made us energy independent for the first time in 75 years. He made NATO pay their fair share. He got free and fair trade deals with Europe, Japan, Canada, Mexico, even China. All the things that he said he would do. And he beat the hell out of the caliphate and destroyed them while they grew under Biden and Obama. Then he took out Baghdadi and associates. Then he took out Soleimani. Then he took out the al-Qaeda leader in Yemen. And the media, all they could talk about how mean Donald Trump was and how unpresidential he was. Well, he kicked a little ass. And America kind of knew in 2016 that they were electing a disruptor and an iconoclast that wasn't going to 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 go to Washington and act like everyone else in that sewer. And we all benefited from it. Maybe a little more drama than, than normal, but the media couldn't handle it. Were they really as outraged as they acted every day? I don't think so. I'll take a mean tweet and Americans home from Afghanistan any day. I'll take mean tweets and controlled borders. I'll take mean tweets and energy independence. I'll take mean tweets and and three vaccines and 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 one therapeutic known as monoclonal antibodies. I'll take all of that versus the Adam Schiff show that this country and the world is becoming. The, the poll numbers are diving for Joe Biden. I've never seen a president fail on this level at this rate of speed. This is not good for the country. It is not good for the world. I promise you. Americans are going to suffer profoundly as we already are because we don't really have a president that I'm even confident knows what day of the week it is. 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. Give Joe Biden a negative 32% uh, approval rating. Uh, only 35% of Hispanics in Texas approve of the job Joe Biden is doing. Handling of COVID, he's underwater there as well. Uh, on his handling of the situation at the border, yeah, 20% approval rating. Uh, North Carolina has Biden at a 38% approval rating. I mean, you know, the only problem with all of this is there's no election till next year. Do you approve of the or disapprove of the way Joe's handling his job as president in Colorado? The disapproval ratings, 50% approvals, 42. Colorado, you know, you look at, you know, these numbers. And, and it's, a, it's a total, complete and utter freefall. And it should be. I mean, and why this, you know, now 54% don't think he's mentally alert enough to be president, for crying out loud. Gee, it's only taken this long. That guy Hannity's way ahead of the curve. I mean, I've been so ahead of the curve. I mocked it, made fun of it. And then, then I couldn't even do it anymore because it's not funny. The, the country's going to hell and the world's going to hell with it. It's unbelievable. And Joe Biden is not capable of stepping up and fixing it. By the way, where's Kamala Harris, the great border czar that she is? You know, she nods and applauds at a student who accuses Israel of ethnic genocide. She just did this, you know, and, you know, your your truth cannot be suppressed. I'm like, that's virulent anti-Semitism. That's that's your truth. That's all you have to say. Democrats uh, see Harris is a major player in the midterms. Yeah, okay, good luck with that. I'm not sure I'm buying it. 
Kamala Harris, according to the Washington Examiner, has now hired two veteran communications aides to finesse the messaging and long-term planning. After the rocky nine months she's had in office, Lorraine Voles, a crisis communication expert, and Adam Frankel, a former Obama speechwriter. Oh, okay. Now we're just going to put a, you know, we're going to put a pretty, you know, cover over all this. Check in as soon as you get to your car after work for breaking information you need to know about. This is the Sean Hannity Show. 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. So Biden's poll numbers are crashing. We now have the vice president hiring crisis management people uh, to, to help build up, you know, her failing image with the American people. Uh, Biden canceling his trip to Chicago because his agenda is completely on the rocks. They brought in, you know, Barack Obama to try and help save the day. And and this disaster that's unfolding now that we're getting to the truth about a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff going rogue, according to the defense secretary at the time. And and all of them, you every single person saying that Joe Biden lied to you, the American people. He just outright lied. You know, when he when he said, well, to, to George Stephanopoulos, let's play it for you. He said to George Stephanopoulos, well, you know, uh, nobody said that uh, I should leave 2,500 troops there. Listen, my assessment was uh, back in the fall of 20 and it remained consistent throughout that uh, we should keep a steady state of 2,500 and it could bounce up to 3,500, maybe something like that uh, in order to move toward a negotiated gated solution. I will also tell you, though, that it's been my consistent position throughout this hearing and the hearing yesterday that I believe the appropriate level of our forces in Afghanistan should have been 2,500. If I had said we're going to stay, then we better be prepared to put a whole hell of a lot more troops but in. But your top military advisors warned against withdrawing on this timeline. They wanted you to keep about 2,500 troops. No, they didn't. It was split. That wasn't true. That wasn't true. They didn't tell you that they wanted troops to stay? No, not at, not in terms of whether we were going to get out in a time frame, all troops. They didn't argue against that. So no one, no one told your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall. All right. You know, oh, okay. So the opposite of what he said. So he lied. You know, just like we know that the CIA and intelligence community abandoned Afghanistan because they were getting they were not going to leave their people there. And that's a credit to them. But they were very I've, I've had it confirmed now by everybody that knows people on intelligence committees. They've all confirmed there was no ambiguity. We'll check in with Senator Tom Cotton later in the program. And he's on the intel committee. He will tell you they were getting these threat assessments every single day. Maybe I need to slow down the maps and, and show the Taliban on the march. Oh, we had no idea that, that, that this would happen in 11 days. You didn't need 11 days. You had months and months and months and months to, to get to it. I, it's unbelievable. It's, 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 it's one of the biggest debacles ever. Uh, hang on, sending a note to a person. 
On every single issue we see, Wall Street Journal, investors see national uh, natural gas crunch spilling into crude market, lifting oil prices. Do you know that natural gas is now selling for more than it's ever sold for before? Now, we have more natural gas than any country in the world. We have more energy resources than any other country in the world. All this new global warming, global cooling, um, climate change, you know, policies. You know, we pay the Paris Accord freight and China and India get classified as developing nations and, and we're stupid and we pay the bulk of monies for that. I think Canada even was was classified as a developing nation. It's it's beyond stupid. You know, Vladimir Putin now gets the waiver to build his pipeline so he can then control all of the energy to our Western European allies. We should be supplying them with their natural gas needs. You know, Donald Trump did the impossible. He got us to energy independence. I've been screaming about this. Drill now, drill here, drill now, pay less. Remember Newt Gingrich started that campaign? Drill, baby, drill, Sarah Palin, that's 2008. We have talked about this forever. We even partnered with with energy companies when when there were jobs available. You know, people that would would they would train you to drive a truck and pay you a hundred grand a year and all the overtime you can handle. I mean, there was so many great jobs that we were able to get for people. And now we get to the point of energy independence. Now, what do we do? We we artificially drop the world supply of gas and oil. And now Joe Biden is so desperate because we're paying a buck fifty more, and it's going up every day uh, per gallon uh, to fill our tanks. You know, if you fill your tank, that's twenty twenty five extra bucks, and you're going to pay more to heat and cool your home, and pay more for every every single thing you buy in a grocery store, drugstore, any store, because they all get there by trucks. Trucks use diesel fuel as 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 their source of energy. It is the lifeblood of the world's economy. And now we've got, what, oil prices. They hit their highest level in years. Actually, on, I think it was yesterday, traded above 80 bucks a, a barrel in, early in the day. They've been hovering anywhere between 75 and $79 a barrel. Well, what did it get to under Trump? I think we were down at one point to like 25 or 30 bucks a barrel. So you see where this is headed. When you artificially reduce the supply, you don't need to go to MIT. You don't need to become a great economist to figure out supply and demand crisscross, and that will dictate the price. You artificially reduce the world's supply of gas and oil. That's going to increase the price because the supply is artificially lower. The supply is artificially lower because Joe Biden has bought into we have 10 years or the planet's going to be destroyed and meanwhile, Russia and India and China and even Canada and everybody else is getting rich and we're stupid and we're paying premium prices when we could be supplying every single energy need that we ever had in this country ourselves and paying lower rates and creating high paying jobs that are career jobs for the people that work in the oil and energy sector. This is simple, basic, fundamental economics. You know, well, the Dow Jones has been down quite a bit and NASDAQ tanked to its worst day since March. Look, I'm not a big stock market guy and I don't measure the success. 
Now we're battling over this $3.5 trillion. Really, when you add it all up, it's like $7 trillion disaster. And you have, you know, the you have the radical, the radicals among radicals, because there are no moderate Democrats. 2,465 page mega bill. Yeah, by the way, they're also going to increase fines for employee employers that willfully, repeatedly or seriously violate a section of labor law that deals with hazards, death or serious physical harm to employees. They're increasing the fines on employers. It could run as high as $70,000 and $700,000 for willful, repeated violations. Oh, I'm sure that businesses are going to really love that. And by the way, did anyone but myself catch? Nobody seems to be talking about the mileage tax. You know, 10 cents uh, a mile for the privilege of driving your car. It's not enough that you pay like an extra buck, whatever, a gallon, depending what state you live in, uh, in taxes for, for every gallon of gasoline you buy. Remember, that, that money is going to be allocated for infrastructure. Yeah, okay. I went through in great detail and great specificity. I'll go into more of it tonight. Child care subsidies, free college, free daycare, you know, guaranteed wages, guaranteed jobs, expanding Obamacare. You name it, it's in there. Tuition is paid for. How are we going to pay for this? You know, then we're going to have, you know, it, it just gets, it becomes a nightmare on every level. You know, it was interesting to see Betsy McCoy. She's so smart. She's the one. Remember Betsy McCoy would run around with the Obamacare bill and she'd have it with her, had every page highlighted. She's actually really smart. And I love the fact that she does impeccable research. Anyway, she's actually torn apart this Democratic disaster of 2,465 pages that I guarantee you probably no congressman or senator is going to read. And, you know, you got to pass the bill to know what's in the bill, their Build Back Better plan. And she says it's a political scam. And she found pages in the bill where there are numerous billion-dollar grants to unnamed community organizations for vague purposes like promoting community engagement, providing support and advice, and creating equitable civic infrastructure. And then she translates that. She says, your tax dollars funding the payrolls of left-wing advocacy groups between elections. In return, they become the campaign army staffing the phone banks, harvesting the ballots, and escorting people to the polls on Election Day. It was pretty clever. $5.7 billion for community restoration and revitalization. That's what they call it. $3.95 billion for neighborhood access and equity grants. $50 million to grow uh, and diversify the doula workforce. Uh, 25 million in grants for anti-bias healthcare training, 5 billion in climate justice block grants. So you get the point here? You know, majority of the members of the caucus are not going to support the infrastructure bill unless they get their 3.5 trillion. So Nancy Pelosi is in a, in a, she's in a tough spot. And I know that they summoned Cinema and Mansion to the White House as Biden canceled his threat. You have one top Democrat admitting Congress can raise the debt limit through reconciliation. Now, you know what that means? The Democrats own the House and the Senate and the White House. No Republican should be a part. They're not going to let you in on the negotiations. This is a partisan spending bill, the likes of which this country has never seen. You cannot call yourself a conservative or even a Republican 
and work in conjunction with the Democrats and support this bill or raising the debt ceiling, which allows them to spend the money that they want to allocate in this bill. And Bernie Sanders now he's putting pressure on Democrats to vote against the infrastructure bill, unless, of course, they get the three point five trillion on top of the one point two trillion on top of the six hundred billion and on top of all the other monies that they've they've been spending. So Senate Democrats, they're looking at a government funding bill without a debt hike, and that's not going to fly. Democrats look for a path forward on the debt ceiling. Well, we already know they can use the reconciliation process according to Democrats. So that then becomes that their their bat, their ball, their game, and their ass in terms of the consequences. Anyway, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Terry McAuliffe. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a great thing to run on. Jen Psaki repeats false claims about the $3.5 trillion costing zero. Okay, I know Joe Biden doesn't know what a calculator is, and he probably still uses his old abacus, but it doesn't take, uh, you know, you don't need a mathematics degree to figure out that it's not going to cost zero. We're going to have to borrow over a trillion, and the actual real spending is real debt that we're accumulating and we're passing on as an inheritance to our children and grandchildren, and that will be their burden for the rest of their lives and probably their kids' lives. It's just unbelievable. You know, it's even McCullough said the price is too high. Well, he's because his poll numbers are down in Virginia. Do I have a lot of faith in the Commonwealth of Virginia? No, I don't. But you got a shot. You might as well take it. Mansion and cinema leave Democrats in the lurch. Then they're just getting beaten up left and right by. And and, and let me tell you something. The reason they, they're not doing this is because they know it's not popular and it's not good for the people of West Virginia. And it's not good for the people of Arizona. It's not good for anybody in the country. This disaster of a bill. No wonder why Biden has to, you know, cancel his trip and Kamala Harris is hiring, you know, spin doctors to up her image. You know, then we're getting all the fear mongering. What about the full faith and credit of the U.S. government? Janet Yellen saying the U.S. may exhaust their cash by October 18th without raising the debt limit. J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon says the, the bank is preparing for a potentially catastrophic federal default. If Congress fails to raise the debt ceiling, this is all the rhetoric we get every time. Let me tell you what always happens. Essential workers work, the military works, and a lot of people end up getting a free vacation. And then when the impasse is over, they get back pay and they got a free vacation. That's what usually happens. Can't say for sure. Even the Washington Post fact checker said the zero dollar claim that it's costing us nothing is just mythical. You know, they're going to, you know, all, all they're trying to do now is this, these are typical but yet predictable standard, you know, Democratic talking points that they use every single time they want to expand the size, the scope, the influence of government and move forward with their socialist agenda. It's unbelievable. $3.5 billion to tilt the election scale. Betsy McCoy. It's actually pretty funny. Fine. Oh, and they're going to hire 87,000 IRS agents. That means all of you will experience what I experience, a yearly audit. Hannity, pull his file. Hannity, that's why now I have two accounting companies that actually have to go over my taxes. One, my own accounting firm, you know, my, my financial guy firm. And then they hand it over to my lawyer, my lead lawyer, lots of lawyers. And then his firm does a, their own separate accounting. And then they usually say, no, it's not worth it. No, no, no. Just pay it. Pay it, pay it, pay it. That's what I hear. Pay it. And I say, okay, pay it. 
That's what the law is. 61 cents, 61.3 cents of every dollar living in New York goes to government for me. And I'm not complaining. I'm an idiot. I stay here. I'm a total, complete moron for staying here. I need to get the hell out of here. That's what I need to do. Linda, do you agree with that part? Yes, oh, you yeah, do. you got to go. We have a lot of ground to cover today. Uh, all things Bill O'Reilly, BillOReilly.com. We'll get him to weigh in on this disaster in Afghanistan, the disaster that is Joe Biden's presidency, uh, and much more. Senator Tom Cotton will check in today as well. He he was pretty amazing, and so was Josh Hawley. The two of them did a great job. Uh, Marsha Blackburn did a great They all did a great job, the Republicans, on uh, yesterday and today. Uh, Jim Banks uh, did a phenomenal job. We'll play that later in the program as we continue.